praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. I want to welcome you once again to our time of fellowship. Amen. Um, uh, it's knowing the words and the life of Jesus. It's been awesome we've been, since we've been on this journey. It's been wonderful. I want to believe God has been blessed thus far. Um, I want to welcome you forever. You're joining us from good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you. And by the help by the Holy Spirit, I want to assure you that we're going to have the most glorious time in God's presence today. Amen to Jesus. Another time again, we're just going to um, take a little time and say a word of prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to take charge of this meeting. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We celebrate you. Jesus, we magnify you. Dear Abba Father, we glorify you. Thank you for another time in your presence. We give you praise and glory. We give you honor and thanksgiving. We ask that you take charge of this meeting. Sweet Holy Spirit is your meeting. Glorify Jesus. Let no flesh glory in itself. And we, 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 we ask, Lord, that our hearts be open to receive your word. And we ask for understanding that we believe. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit of the living God. Blessed be your name forever. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Once again, it's good to come to you today again, wherever I'm getting to you from. Be it in your offices, in your homes, in your business spots. And wherever you are, um, it's good to be with you again today and to share time of fellowship with you. Like we know, this is knowing the life and the words of Jesus, streaming every Friday, um, uh, and um, it's been awesome um, since we began it, and I believe we've been blessed thus far. And please, if you've not um, 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 listened or watched um, the past teachings, please, you can go back on our Facebook here. You can get them um, to watch and listen. They've been awesome, they've been awesome. We've been starting off on the book of Matthew, we're going through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Synoptic Gospels, and we are uh, taking out the words of Jesus and we are examining them and studying them to know the way he spoke by, because a man's life cannot be um, uh, did, um, separated from his words. And we know that words are the end plot of a man's thoughts. So when you can actually know a man's words, you can actually know his thoughts. When you can know a man's thoughts, you can actually know his life. Amen. And that's how we are going through the words of Jesus, studying them, and then we can from, um, um, be able to marry his words and his life, and then live the kind of life he lived. The purpose of this is for us to live the kind of life that Jesus lived. Amen to Jesus. That's why we're actually here. Jesus came. Um, he, he, he died as our Savior, and he lived as our model. So we are here to live like him, to live his life. That's the purpose of this, and that's why we are studying, and I believe we are being blessed. And also, if you want to go to get um, previous teachings, you can also go to our podcast, um, online radio, and Grace Life Komi, um, um, your Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, Google Podcast. Just go there and go to get um, a lot of um, great um, resources to bless your soul. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Um, so today, we are going to be looking at the fifth word of Jesus and the sixth part of it. You know, that's a bit gold. We have to follow it gradually. It's We are just flowing the Holy Spirit. And we're looking at um, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And uh, we understood that the kingdom of heaven is the as the kingdom of God. And it's not limited to locations and um, to, 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 to um, um, citizens. It's basically about the, the king, his rule and his reign. Amen to Jesus. We understood that we laid that foundation at an earlier state. Amen to Jesus. And so we are building on it today. We are going for that. Amen to Jesus. Now in our previous lesson, we learned um, that the kingdom of God or heaven is Jesus who came to earth to die for the sin of the world as a suffering servant. And we again come to earth to take his church home as a conquering king. 
Lender came and died as a suffering servant. You know, the Lord has been speaking to us about the suffering servants. I think it was February this year. It built up um, 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 this month. And actually, the reason why the Lord began as speaking to us because it's a build up for what God is next to do. He's said to do next. Amen to Jesus. The revelation of the suffering servant is a very important revelation for the church to grasp because um, without this revelation, we can't really fulfill the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. You can't feel it. That revelation was what um, the apostles grasped that they could fulfill their own ministry. You know, Peter was beheaded upside down. Paul said, I'm ready to be poured as a drink offering for me to live his Christ and to die his gain. You see, they were ready to be poured out. They were ready to be sacrificed. They, they sacrificed their life. They were ready to give their all for the gospel. The apostle Paul says, uh, we, 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 spent, we spent and we spent for the gospel. The reason why they could understand this, the reason why they could do this, was because they had the understanding of the suffering servant. Amen to Jesus. Now, until this understanding comes to uh, reality in the lives of um, believers in the Lord Jesus of the saints, we cannot be all out to reconcile many to Jesus. We'll still be more master-oriented instead of servant-oriented. The disciples began to ask, who is the greatest amongst us? And Jesus brought the, a child and made them understand, whosoever is great is, is like, like this child, such a one is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And um, Jesus also, went, after the argument, when God lost in the argument, and they went to eat, and they, nobody washed his feet because they carried away with the argument and, you know, with the anger of who is greatest and who is not great. And Jesus looked at them and like, wow, these children, these children, they don't, you know, when children get into arguments, they just argue and argue and argue and argue and forget the basic things happening. And just say, okay, if, I, if these guys, if I leave them like this, they're going to leave their, their, their feet all soiled. And so Jesus went ahead and watched their feet, teaching them what servanthood is all about. And that's the, a revelation that the church needs to understand, the suffering servant. If we must um, reconcile all things to the Father, amen, to Jesus. Whereas so Jesus came, died as a suffering servant, and is coming um, as a conquering king to take his church back home, amen, to Jesus. Now, the revelation of the suffering servant is very important now because we cannot enjoy the, 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 the glory of the conquering king if we don't understand the revelation of the suffering servant. And that's where the church is um, really lagging behind. Nobody wants to serve. Everybody wants to be served. Everybody wants to lead, but in quote, nobody wants to follow. And we have been made to understand that successful leaders are leaders who successfully followed. Amen. And until we successfully follow Jesus, we can actually lead. And as Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, what shall he do? He must pick up his cross and do what? And follow me. In other words, he must be ready to be the suffering servant before you can follow me. We can't follow Jesus as bosses. That's the problem we have in church today. Many people are following Jesus and they are following him as what? Bosses. They are following him as master. And he says something, he said, a servant cannot be greater than his master. Are you getting what I'm saying? So how do we want to be masters and yet we want to follow our master? It doesn't work. Amen. Praise God. So we must understand the principle of suffering, the suffering servant. If we must, as it were, reconcile all things to the Father, we must fulfill the call of God upon our life, which is to go into the world and preach the gospel. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Now, so the kingdom of heaven is both now and is to come. We learn that also. It is present and it is future. And we learn that it's all about Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Now, we fall down and assume that Christ Jesus in us is the kingdom of God in us. This is why he is the hope of glory. Amen. Christ Jesus in us is the kingdom of God in us. Colossians 4 verse 27 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory, of the glory, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Holy Spirit, grant us revelation to your word again in the name of Jesus. 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of is the hope of, of glory. Says to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. Now this mystery has a glory. Are you get what I'm saying? This mystery has a glory, and the glory of this mystery is a rich glory. Are you get what I'm saying? Now the word glory in the Old Testament is from the Hebrew word kabad, amen, and the Greek word doxa. Now it basically speaks of weight. Now so that means glory is in weight. Glory is in weight. Glory is in weight. Glory is in weight. And uh, the, the manifestation of glory in its dimension and weight is revealed through holiness. That's why the Bible says that it's to the four elders, children and seraphim, they bow before the um, uh, before the Father and they say, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Every time they bow, before they bow, they saw a, a weight of his holiness. And by the time they lift up his eye and look at him again, they see a new weight of his holiness. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they can't but keep saying, Holy, holy. It's, it's a holiness that has no end. Are you getting what I'm saying? It has no end. So the manifestation of the glory of God is in the weight of holiness of the Father. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we cannot manifest the glory of God if the weight of the holiness of the Father is not revealed through us. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. If it's not revealed to us, we cannot manifest it. That's the reason why holiness is not a message. Are we together? Um, Jesus is the message. Holiness is not the message. Sorry. Jesus is the message. But there's no way we can preach Jesus and not manifest holiness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because if we preach Jesus and we live like Jesus, we are of necessity going to manifest the weight of God's glory. And the manifestation of the weight of God's glory is seen in the weight of holiness. Are you getting what I'm saying? The weights of holiness. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Alright, so we see that um, um, the mystery has a glory. And the glory is what? Rich. So the glory has riches. It has riches. It has riches. And the glory is actually different kinds of riches. Are you get what I'm saying? The, rich, the, uh, the glory of God is richness. Is riches. Are you get what I'm saying? The glory of God is not poor. It's riches. And these riches is the manifestations of holiness. That's why I, I don't understand how people can say they they, 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 they they practice the holiness of God and they are poor. No, it's not. Holiness does not go with poverty. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because why? It says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory. The riches of it, the glory has riches. And for you to manifest this glory in the manifestation of holiness, it means that you must manifest the riches of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it says the riches of the glory of this mystery. And what is the mystery? The mystery is among the Gentiles, amongst us. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's the beauty that the Gentiles have that we don't understand. It pays my hand to say that many of us don't maximize these riches that we have in Christ. Amen. And it says what? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ, the riches of the glory is a mystery. And what is the mystery of the riches of the glory? The fullness of the riches of the glory that is a mystery is simply Christ. That's like Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, In him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So all there is to the riches of the glory of God that is actually a mystery, that's actually a mystery, is Christ. So the revelation of Christ is actually the revelation of what? The riches of God's glory. That's why Christ is the fullness of the glory of God. Christ is the is the is is the is the zenith of the manifestation of God's holiness on earth. 
I get what I'm saying? And Christ is the fullness of the glory of God. Christ in you is the hope of glory now. So this is a mystery, but the mystery is a mystery. It was a mystery to the Gentiles. I get what I'm saying? Because the Gentiles have not come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. But now once we come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, it's no longer a mystery to us because Christ Jesus is not a mystery. There's, there's, there's no more mystery in Christ. When Christ dwells in you, he's no longer a mystery. He's the revelation of the Father to you. He's, he's the Father in you and in I. You get what I'm saying? There's no mystery anymore when Christ dwells in us. But when he doesn't dwell in us yet, he remains what? A mystery. That's why for those who are born again, who are Holy Spirit filled, who are saints, that are still looking for mysteries, there's a mysterious problem that is disturbing them. Are you get what I'm saying? Eyes are not seen, ears are not heard, neither has he entered into the heart of men. What the Lord is said to do for them who love him. But he has revealed it to us by his spirit. For the spirit searched all things, yet the deep things of the Father. So there is no mystery any longer for the one who has Christ in him. Are you get what I'm saying? There's nothing hidden any longer for the one who has Christ in him. Just that the revelations will come over time. Are you get what I'm saying? But to our spirit man, there is no mystery any longer. But maturity is the ability of your soul to align to your spirit man. And that takes time. And so mysteries are unveiled over time to the extent to which you want your, your soul to align to your spirit man. But for your spirit man, there is no mystery any longer. Are you get what I'm saying? Why? Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit bears witness that spirit that we are sons of God. It's supernatural with our spirit. It 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 it's united with our spirit that uh, that we are the sons of God. So the Holy Spirit is ever in communion with our Holy Spirit, with our with our spirit. Sorry, is ever in communication with our spirit. What, what does the Spirit do, do with our spirit? Revealing secrets. I did not say. That's what it does. Reveals the secrets of the Father. The Holy Spirit does not collect the secrets of the Father to hide it. This is not secondary school exam where. Everybody has is not. I remember that in my secondary school, um, some people, when they finish reading, they will not want to expose what they have read to others. I get what I'm saying. So that when they enter into exam hall, they will have the advantage, they carry the, 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 the higher marks, and others don't get, as, uh, don't get as much as they do. I get what I'm saying. I remember that when we even uh, the morning of exam, we begin to ask ourselves questions. Ask ourselves questions from what from that summit we have read. And so asking ourselves we are sharing knowledge, sharing knowledge, sharing knowledge. What is this? What is that? We'll answer, we'll answer. And that's how I remember there was there was a geography exam that I got an answer to an objective question because of that early morning question and answer before we go for the exam. And that question was Milky Way. I can still remember. I can't remember the question, but I can remember the answer. I, I can say Milky Way. Now that's what what we're doing there is like what the Holy Spirit does as Spirit Man. I get what I'm saying. It keeps giving us Spirit Man information. Information. Keeps, that's why he's there. He just wants to feed our Spirit Man with information. He gets information from the Father, gives us Spirit Man. He gets information from the ever on the increase in giving information. Proverbs 25 says the glory of God to consider in matter and the honor of kings to set it down. He keeps he keeps he keeps setting and the deep things of the Father and revealing to our spirit. Now we have a responsibility in our soul to do what? To align to our spirit via the word of God. So for any man who has Christ in him, he has the glory of God and there is no more mystery. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's no mystery any longer. Praise God forevermore. Now this means that every born again child of God is a carrier of the kingdom of God. Thus is the moving kingdom of God on earth. Are you getting what I'm saying? So everybody again, child of God is the carrier of the kingdom of God and the moving kingdom of God on earth. This means that everywhere we are, the kingdom of God is. And everywhere we go, the kingdom of God goes. So we are locomotive kingdom. Let me use the word. We are vehicles carrying the kingdom of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
What a privilege to be the vehicle that carries the kingdom of God. In the Old Testament, the ark was what carried the presence of God. And men had to carry the ark. Four men on their shoulders had to carry the ark. Are you getting what I'm saying? They had to carry it on their shoulders. And uh, that means a minimum of four people were needed to move the ark. <laughs> a minimum of four people were needed, a maximum, sorry, of four people were needed to move the presence of God. And a maximum and minimum, because that was, the, that was the number that God put. It was not meant to be less and meant to be more. There would have been an imbalance. Four speaks of balance. I get what I'm saying. Now, so there would imbalance. It had to be three. It had to be two. And there would be more than four. It would have been an overbalance. And God is a God of precision and, and perfection. It should not be less than it should not be more than. And so that's what it is for four. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, four people were needed to move the presence of God. But my brother, in the New Testament, only one person is needed to move the presence of God. Only I, only you needed to move the presence. That's why God in the Testament said, I seek for a man. A man. Not four men. If now if we were to follow the principle of the ark, you would have said, I seek for four men. When Abraham was asking, if you see 40 men, will you destroy so much? Gomorrah said no. If you see 40 righteous men, we said no. If you see 30, you know, if you see 10, no. I hear something. God was waiting for him to ask if you see one righteous man. Because God has always been in the principle of one. When the ark had to be moved by four, it limited the move of God. I get what I'm saying. When God moves in one, his move is swift and fast. <laughs> Are we together? And I said, I seek for a man. Amen. Praise God. Now we are the ark of the kingdom of God. Same way the ark carried the presence of God and moved it in the Old Testament, we carry and move the kingdom of God in the New Testament. But the, the beautiful thing and the advantage of we carrying and moving the kingdom of God in the New Testament is that in the Old Testament, God had to depend, uh, let me say what God had to depend, uh, His presence had to depend on four men to move it. Remember when, when, when um, um, the, 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 um, um, David was bringing it back and he put it on an ass and he shook and wasn't of the, 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 the gentle, good hearted man who touched Ark trying to save it from falling. And what happened? God struck him. Loser. God struck him. Because why? The ark was not meant to be carried by one, let alone a donkey. <laughs> I get what I'm saying. It was meant to be carried by four. That was the prescription. Four. I need minimum. I need minimum and maximum of four men to move my presence. And one man was trying to stabilize his presence. According to the principles, then it was not a one man carrying the presence. And number two, no one man can even stabilize the presence of God. Amen to Jesus. All right. So he, he died in, uh, in, in the process. But the beautiful thing about here now is that one man does not need to stabilize. One man just carries. And you get what I'm saying? We don't start. Uzzah tried to stabilize the presence. You can't stabilize the presence of God. I can't stabilize the presence of God. I get what I'm saying. And that's why he died for it. But I can carry. I am a carrier. In the New Testament, God does not need for me. God is one. In the New Testament, I am a carrier of the presence of God. I know who stabilizes the presence of God in me, the Holy Spirit. He's the presence. He's the stabilizer. I get what I'm saying. That's the beauty of the New Testament. Amen to Jesus. Now, the Old Testament act was a proof that God moved from uh, was it on the move from the beginning? Are you getting what I'm saying? And um, it also proves that God intended to do or to live in man on the earth. Amen to Jesus. So from, from the beginning, God was on the move. God was on the move. And God intended to live in man on the earth. 
praise God forevermore. And also he intended to be the source of man and intended to be the mover of man. Why man was meant to be the carrier of his presence. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Are we together? So we can see that the ark was making us understand that from the beginning, God intended to live with man. Now, but men could not inhabit God because of the sin of Adam. Men could not inhabit God and they could not inhabit God. So he had to stay in um, um, wood made up of uh, an ark made up of gopher wood, uh, 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 plated with gold and every of that. He had to put his presence in there because um, the wood actually that was used to create the um, the, the ark, you know, it was made up of wood, the first the major material, then it was plated with gold. Are we together? Now that wood speaks of what? Man. It speaks of humanity. It symbolizes humanity. And then the gold there symbolizes what? Divinity. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then inside it was a um, table of st stones where the Ten Commandments were written, the, 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 the manna, and then the rod of Aaron. No time to explain every of those things. But now it, it makes us understand something that residently there were three things that symbolized something out of the presence of God. And I don't have time to explain that. Uh, but next to them was what? Wood. And then it was gold. It makes us understand that that inner, uh, and then above it was the message it where blood was speaking on top of the two angels. The inner place was meant to be the soul of uh, um, the spirit of man, the third place of man, where God dwells in. And then the wood symbolizes nature, and that means to be what? The body of man. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then gold symbolizes the divinity that covers humanity. Are we together? Now, so we're meant to carry this presence. That's God's intention. Man was meant to be the carrier of his presence. Thus, where man goes, God goes with man. Where man lives, he lives with man. Are you getting what I'm saying? So wherever man goes, God goes there. Wherever man lives, um, God lives there. And man lives with God. So it was meant to just be an interwoven thing where God could not be separated from man. Now, God did not have an intent to, to stay in one place. He, his intention was to stay where man stays. To live where man lives. Are you getting what I'm saying? That was the intention from the beginning. And the only way to do that was tabernacle in man. This makes us understand that the kingdom of God is not limited to locations on earth or heaven alone, but is spread on earth everywhere men who carry God are. <laughs> so, talk about the kingdom of God, many of us think of heaven, we think of earth, some locations. No, that's not what the kingdom of God is, as it were. The kingdom of God is spread abroad on earth where men who carry God are. So you are a child of God, you are carrying God. Where you are at the moment, the kingdom of God is there. Are you getting what I'm saying? I am carrying God. At this moment, the kingdom of God is here. So wherever men who carry God are located, that's where the kingdom of God is located. So I can, can imagine, can you imagine the locations? Of, that's the plan of God to discomfit the devil. He could do the best to, 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 to hit Adam below the belt. But he couldn't do what was stronger, which was what? To reproduce himself. Now let me tell you something. Um, uh, 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 Lucifer himself is not omnipresent. I get what I'm saying. He cannot reproduce himself in people. He's just in one place at a point in time. I get what I'm saying. And so he's limited to time and location. But this is what Yahweh did. Yahweh multiplied, he, he, he produced, reproduced himself in millions and billions. So wherever we are, the presence of Yahweh is there. The kingdom of God is there. That's why the kingdom of God is a force to be reckoned with. You can see the church of Jesus has been under persecution for years and every time they persecute the church of Jesus, they come out stronger. Why? Because 
The more they persecute them, what happens is that the kingdom of God, when you put diamond under pressure, what brings about diamond? It's, it's stones that are put under pressure on the earth. And what happens? They become hard and they come out as what diamond. When you put the church under pressure, what happens is that the church becomes harder and then the kingdom of God is what? Becomes stronger and becomes more widespread. As I said, that every time they praise the church on the ground, what happens is that you have a wider spread. More people are getting sick. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because the kingdom of God is not in locations, in quote, buildings, it's, it's in individuals. And these individuals, wherever they go, that was how the gospels were. When the, when the Christians were persecuted in, 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 in Rome, what happened? They began to spread in Jerusalem, they began to spread and to other what? To other um, Gentile nations. And that's how the gospel world spreading. The mystery of, of the kingdom of God is one that the devil cannot handle. It is not in locations, it is in personalities. It is not in structures, it is in persons. So, if the moment, the only way the kingdom of God can be stopped is when every career of the kingdom of God is stopped at once. And that's not possible. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? That's the, that's the, that's the finishing blow of the devil, of, of, uh, that God gave to the devil. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now let's talk about applying the kingdom of God. We're looking about applying the kingdom of God today. The kingdom of um, God, the kingdom of heaven, has many pertinent applications for us as children of God and as ambassadors of heaven here on earth. The first thing we need to know about the application of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is that the message of the kingdom of heaven is a genuine offer from God to indwell and rule in the hearts of those who believe in him and receive him as Lord and personal savior. So it's a genuine offer from God to indwell everyone who believe in him. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, so we understood how you can go check um, our podcast channels, the teaching we just did about, you know, God um, in, our, in, our, in our reformative revival meetings. Please, uh, I encourage you to be a part of that meeting. It's on uh, every Wednesday, 12 noon GMT and 1 p.m. GMT plus one. Clubhouse, just get the app and then sign in and, and, and then um, you, can, you can join in and Chimdi and Funke. Uh, restorative, reformative revival. It's awesome. What we've learned has been awesome. We understood that God from the beginning inhabited Adam through his breath and then when Adam made himself inhabitable for, the, for God, what the Lord did was now to do or to inhabit man again through his own. Holy Spirit, praise God forevermore. Now, uh, so so we see that in Genesis 2 verse 7, So the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into, on, into his nostrils the bread of life, a man became what? A living soul. Amen to Jesus. We understood that that teaching is pretty exhausting. Go there and you will learn a lot. And uh, these things are important because we need to become more aware of who we are. Uh, the problem with the church today is not that the church is powerless. No, the problem with the church is that the church is not aware of who she is. That's our problem. Once we are more aware of who we are, and we are more conscious of who we are, the things around us will become more unconscious of them. And you get what I'm saying? All right. Okay, now. Now, so, um, God from creation intended to always live in man, and that intention has not changed. Even when man made himself inhabitable for God, God sent Jesus to die for our sins, so that he can once again live in man. That's the intention, that's the plan, that's the purpose. And you get what I'm saying? What an honor, what a privilege, what a blessing to be the house of God. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. You know what? You know where the house of God is? You are looking at the house of God here. And you get what I'm saying? I am a house of God. And if you have not received Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior, you are a house of God. The house of God is not the, the, the mortar 
and the concrete and the blood and the iron rod and the stones and the cement those things will fall they will fade they will be destroyed are you get what i'm saying as i was supposed to do our mortal body perish but our spirit is alive we are we are containers carrying the the kingdom of god are you get what i'm saying now all who receive jesus as lord and savior now have god have god dwelling in them by his word Holy Spirit. Galatians 4 6 says, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you are sons. He has sent the Spirit of His Son into your heart, and the Spirit is crying, what? Abba, Father. Because you are what? You are sons. A son of God is one who is, who is carrying God on the inside. He is the, is, is, is the vehicle of Yahweh. That's the privilege of being the Son of God. We are the vehicle of Yahweh. Praise God forevermore. So submission to the kingship of God is what brings true freedom, which is God's kingdom living in man and man living in his kingdom. True freedom is simply what? God in man and man in God. That's what true freedom can be described as. And it is not possession. It is fusion. A little explanation, the man shall be his father and his mother, and he shall cling to his wife, and they both shall become one flesh. They are fused to become one. That is where true freedom comes. True freedom comes when man has fused with God. He has become one with God. And when that happens, that is when the kingdom of God is now on earth. And that's where men, mortal flesh, can now carry divinity away together. Now those who resist and reject God's kingdom are bound to um, live in bondage. Amen. They are bound within and they are what? Living in bondage. Those who reject the kingdom of God are bound within and they are living in bondage. This makes us understand that outside the kingdom of God, those who are outside the kingdom of God are what? In the kingdom of the devil. It's as simple as that. Ephesians 2 verse 1 of 3 says, And you are he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the train of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. You see, those who are not in the kingdom of God are in the kingdom of the devil. There's no, there's no middle kingdom. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's no middle kingdom. Is it that you're in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil? Is it that you are you are carrying the kingdom of God in you, or you are you are you are you are you are living in the kingdom of the devil? Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Now this makes us understand that the practical application of the kingdom of God is that man is practically freed from the bondage of the kingdom of the, of the devil when you receive Jesus. Who is the manifestation of the kingdom of God? So the first practical application of the kingdom of God is that when we receive Jesus, we are practically freed from the kingdom of the devil. The Bible says we are redeemed. We were once dead in trespasses and were translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his word, dear son. That's the first manifestation of the kingdom of God. We are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We are freed from the bondage of the kingdom of darkness. And we are made free by living in the kingdom of God. Glory to Jesus forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And the second application of the kingdom of God is that as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ should, um, by all means, and by the help and the leading of the Holy Spirit, build the kingdom of God through the proclaiming of the kingdom. 
We should by all means available to us. You do it on the media, social media. You do it by uh, by, by with 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 um, uh, one on one preaching to people. You do it by um, the internet, whatever means you can have available to you. You don't have to be a pulpit man before you can preach the kingdom of Jesus. And you get what I'm saying? The kingdom of Jesus is so simple. Jesus came, he died, and he resurrected. That is and he resurrected. He died for our, for, for for our condemnation and resurrected for our justification. He died to take away our sins, and all who believe in him have received his freedom and have received his kingdom. So simple. And that simple word I just said that carries the greatest power you can ever think of. So every one of us, we are meant to what? Proclaim the kingdom of God by depending on the Holy Spirit, we are meant to do what? Proclaim the kingdom of God. Now that was the central message of Jesus, of John the Baptist and the disciples. And same message we are to proclaim what? Forcefully. We have to proclaim it forcefully. Are you getting what I'm saying? We have to proclaim it. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 24 verse 4 and he says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. You see, one of the things that, I, I, that pains my heart a lot is that Christians, we are actually delaying the end. We are delaying the end. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are delaying the end. Because the criteria for the end is not rumors of what Jesus told us. He said, you see, for those who um, take, um, call the old Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Old Testament, and they say they are only starting from Acts chapter 2. Um, I, I believe that you, you get to a point where you realize that <laughs> there are some of the things that you say are Old Testament that you need in your New Testament life. Because Jesus told us, you will hear rumors of war, you will hear hunger, you will hear evils, you will hear crisis. Says, but when you hear all these things, that is not the end. She says, that's not the end. So some of us who are not taking the words of Jesus, um, we will not know when the end is actually coming. We will not even be able to help to facilitate the end. Are you getting what I'm saying? As I see in the church, there are so many varied opinions. The reason for this is because we are not taking the words of Jesus and taking it hook, line, and sinker and forcefully pushing the words of Jesus to manifest um, um, as he has told us. He says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto a nation and then they shall come. So, until the gospel of the kingdom is preached to all the world, until the gospel of the kingdom, what is the kingdom? The rule and reign of Yahweh. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Until this gospel of the kingdom is preached to all the nations of the earth, the end cannot come. So, if we are not preaching this gospel, my brothers, my sister, we are delaying the end. And look at, we are not, the, we are at the end time, yes. See the pains we are going through. You know, we see the hike in prices of goods and commodities. We see the, the, the hike in um, prices of um, everything that you need for life. Uh, we, we, see, we see the cruelty in the societies today. We see evil, darkness on the earth. How long do you want this earth to still remain like this? I believe that we should, more, we should be more eager for the end to come. Yeah. Because the good news I have for you is that it's not going to get any better for the world. But for those of us in Christ Jesus, yes, we have a hope of glory. We are going to be saying there's a lifting up where there's a casting out. But my brother and sister, it's good to say there's a lifting up where there's a casting down. Yes, I like to say that. But I think it's more preferable when we get to the time where the, the kingdom of God will culminate. Where there will be neither hunger, nor tears, nor tears. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we have to walk towards it by the external world. The gospel of the kingdom is preached to the nations of the earth. Now, why, now, now, why must we preach the gospel of the kingdom forcefully? Matthew chapter 11 verse 12. I'm using the International Standard Version and the King James Version. I'm sorry, and the Bible in basic English version. King James says, says that, and from the day of John the Baptist now, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violence taken by force. But let's look at the International Standard Version. It says, from the day of John the Baptist until the present, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people have been attacking it. 
It has been forcefully advancing, and violent people have been what? Attacking it. Now, look at the Bible in basic, and it says, And from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven is forcing its way in. It's forcing its way what? In. It's forcing its way in. And men of force, take it. And you get what I'm saying? So why must we preach the kingdom of God forcefully? Why do we have to go about this work forcefully? It's a forceful work. We don't go gently about it. Why do we preach it forcefully? Number one, we must preach the, kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom forcefully because it is a forceful work. It's not a gentle uh, um, gospel. It's not a jelenkeh gospel. Permit me to use a vernacular. It's not a jelenkeh gospel. Are you get what I'm saying? It's a forceful gospel and we will not preach it forcefully. With our resources, with our life, with our energy, with everything we have, we must preach the gospel of the kingdom forcefully. The kingdom of God forcefully. And then number two, we must preach the gospel of the kingdom forcefully because violent people have been and are still attacking it. We know what we are saying in the world today. Violent people are attacking the kingdom. Once you begin to preach the kingdom of God and begin to and begins to get widespread through your mouth, you begin to see the attacks from everywhere. You see attacks from social media. You see attacks from everywhere. You see the attacks. Violent people have been attacking it. So the only antidote to the attack is to be more forceful. I get what I'm saying. We can't keep quiet. We can't get shot. We can't shut up because the violent people are attacking. No. The more they attack, the more we what? Preach it. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And then the third reason is that the kingdom of heaven provides comfort and hope for children, for Christians who are suffering in this present world. Amen. The culmination of the kingdom of God provides comfort and hope for those who are suffering. Are you hear what I'm saying? In this present world. And let me tell you, no matter how much you are enjoying, I'm telling you, it cannot be compared. The Bible says our light affliction cannot be compared to the greater weight of glory that awaits us. Are you hear what I'm saying? No matter how much we enjoy in this earth, it cannot be compared to what we enjoy when Jesus comes again and takes us to be with him. Are you hear what I'm saying? So, our sufferings make us remember that there is hope. It makes us remember that God is king and he's Lord over every situation and circumstances. So no matter what happens in this present life, all will finally be made right by God when his kingdom finally comes. I get what I'm saying? This is our hope. So despite the sufferings we go through, how, how, how much does a man's life cost? Even with 120 years, you use a large chunk of your years to work and work and work and work. Remaining part of your years, if you are not working, you feel guilty. If you are not working, your body begins to tell you you need to work. If you are not working, your body begins to pack up. Are you get what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, we discover that no matter what we go through on this earth, there's great joy. And when we even walk in eternity, it's going to be a glorious one. And most of us work to make an end meet. Most of us work to maintain what we have gotten. Most of us work to sustain success. But you see, there's a better work. And we see that when we go and be with the Lord. Amen to Jesus. That's the best work. Amen to Jesus. Alright, and we can see Revelation chapter 7 and verse 16 and 17. It says, They shall hunger no more, neither test any more. Neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them hallelujah jesus and shall lead them all to living fountains of waters glory to god forevermore and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes i believe you and i are waiting for that day where the lamb will lead us to fountains of waters where the lamb will feed us and god will wipe away all tears from our eyes today we can still cry 
even though some of us have built ourselves not to cry any longer. But not crying externally does not mean you're not crying internally. We still feel pains. But when we get there, there will be no more pains. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more tears. The songwriter says, troubles will be no more on the other side. Peace and rest. Home at last. When we get over there, when we get over there, that's our greatest joy. That's our greatest hope. And we must live with this hope despite the challenges we face in this present world. Despite the, the, of, the, the kingdom of God in us that is surrounded by challenges. Now, we are carrying the kingdom, but it looks like we are not carrying because we are having a lot of challenges. Yes, we are still carrying it, but there comes a time where we, 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 there are no longer the, um, 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 sorrows and pains and, and problems anymore. And we carry the kingdom and leave the kingdom and the kingdom is living in us and we are living in the surroundings of the kingdom. Today it looks like we are not surrounded by the kingdom because the economy is still disturbing us to an extent. Some things are still, even if you are if you are all materially blessed, there is somebody that your extended family that still has a problem. I ended up saying, even if all your problems have been solved, somebody that is close to you or related to you still has a problem, then it looks like the kingdom of God is not fully manifesting. Yeah, we are progressing. But we are coming to a point where everybody around us is going to be in peace, in joy, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more weeping, no more hunger. Amen to Jesus. Now, so the kingdom of God is in us and it will be in us. Praise God forevermore. I believe you are blessed this morning. Now, but before we pray, I want to pray for everyone person that the sound of my voice. You've not taken this decision. No, you are still living in bondage. But yeah, you know, you know me, Jesus, more than person. So you are not yet a member. You are not yet a carrier of the kingdom of God. If you want to pray that prayer, please. You are the person that I'm referring to. Just say these words of prayer after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died and resurrected from me. And on Calvary's tree, you shed your blood to set me free. Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. I choose, because you chose me, I choose to serve you all the days of my life. I make you my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We're going to be praying and asking God again, Lord, let the consciousness of your kingdom in me and your kingdom to come be my reality. Open your mouth and pray. Ah, Father, we ask, let the consciousness of your kingdom in me and your kingdom to come be in me and be my reality. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let the consciousness of your kingdom to come be my be my, your kingdom in me and your kingdom to come be my reality. Let it be my reality. Let that consciousness become my reality. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Kanzum the Kari Karaban the Rebo is the Zegeleket Watarada. Eregedia Barabados Ibran de Legadesh, Raikadula Babadia Pala de Legaduata, Aria Gadala Bashuataran de Gela, Yalagalagalagalagalagalagalo. Ibebebe tu palata. Imbrandi, grandim, rondi, sundantinki, ricandet, ricalos, and crakenda. Thank you, Jesus. Mosi Kalia Teliba. Let the consciousness of your kingdom in me and your kingdom to come be my reality. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this word we have heard. We ask that the consciousness of your kingdom in us and your kingdom to come be our reality. We shall live in this reality. We shall walk out this reality. We shall manifest this reality in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for everyone who is sick, please believe in the Lord for healing your body. Put your hand in that part of your body where you are hurting and let's unite our face together and cause the sickness. Because every sickness and disease in the name of Jesus, 
we cause swellings, we cause inflammation, we cause high blood pressures, we cause myopias, hypermyopias, we cause cataracts, we cause every form of infections, we cause every form of inflammations, we cause every form of swellings, we cause every form of discomfort in the name of God, we cause migraines, we cause uh, uh, um, renal dysfunctions. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we decree healing into central nervous systems. In the name of the Lord, we cause nervous breakdowns. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we decree functionality made perfect. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we cause every form of insanity, every form of retrogression. We cause in the name of Jesus. We decree healings in bodies, in souls, in the name of Jesus. We cast out the spirit of infirmities in the name of Jesus. We release breakthroughs and deliverances, signs and wonders. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, thank you for your time. God bless you. Grace to you. See you next week. Amen.